Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hey, everybody. It's Erica Cruz Guevara here with my teammates, Devin Karayama and Alan Montecilio. Hello. Hey. And before we get started with today's episode, we have some Big news, Devin is leaving the show. Oh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I am. I'm starting a new job with KQED. I'll be the station's first editor of talent and development. I'll be helping support our interns and our on-call staff. So, you know, kind of newer journalists to KQED. It's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, I, I got a lot of help coming up in public media, and I've always loved sharing what I know um, and kind of how to navigate both public media, but also just talking about journalism. And I feel like this is going to give me a brand new opportunity to do a thing that I really, really love and I think is really important right now. So yeah, it's it was a really tough decision, obviously, because I love working with both of you and I love, really love the Bay and what it does. Um, but I think this is positive. I think this is positive for um, for the station. I think it'll be positive for me. And and I love. I'm, I'm gonna love to see what what you all do with the show. And obviously, Devin, a lot of um, our listeners know you as the host of the Bay, as an OG of the Bay since day one. One of the creators of this show. You also, on the side, um, and I think maybe our listeners don't know as much, have been a mentor to so many young journalists in the Bay Area, and I think it's so exciting that you're going to do this. Obviously, we're so sad that you're leaving because you are just the best and easiest person to work with and like a great and amazing friend. Devin, you know, we know this is a team effort, of course, but I can't say enough about the job you've done as the host. It's really, really hard to be the one behind the mic all the time, to be the one who is always putting themselves out there day in and day out, even if maybe you're having an off day. Um, and you've navigated all of that so well and, and you know, throughout the beginning of the show and then through a pandemic. Um, and you've somehow managed to be a great teammate through through all of that. So I we're happy you'll you'll still be at KQED, um, but I know we'll miss you a lot, and I know listeners will miss you a lot as well. Devin's last episode will be August 27th, so he'll be with us for a little while. We have a whole month to listen to more of Devin before um, we give him a proper send-off. In the meantime, if you want to show Devin some love, tweet him at Radio Devin, or you can email us at thebay at kqed.org. For now... Enjoy today's show. I'm Devin Kadiyama, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. 
For women and girls, writing BART often comes with the fear of getting harassed. So here in the Bay, a group of young people and activists decided that enough was enough, and they've been pushing the transit agency to do more to keep women and girls safe. A lot of systems are uh, made with adults and usually cis white men in mind. And so when, when we wanted to really prioritize and center the needs of girls and gender expansive youth of color, um, that was a, a big shift. Today, the campaign to change policy and culture on the Bay Area's biggest public transit line. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Before COVID, I was a regular BART writer. Um, I used it to get to work, get home, go to the gym, um, pretty much for everything. Halima Barucha is the Senior Advocacy Manager at Alliance for Girls. She's based out of Union City. We talked with her and Santana Tapia, who's also part of the Not One More Girl initiative. The first time I got on BART was um, maybe three years ago now. And the, ver- the very first time I got on it, I faced harassment. And, and since that moment, um, I had to kind of get used to people staring at me, people following me, um, people saying things to me um, that were sexually uh, suggestive. Um, and yet I noticed the reaction you know, from other writers and from people at large was that, oh, this is a normal occurrence. And when we Um, talk to middle school and high school youth in Oakland about their experiences. Um, Almost all of them said, yeah, I've I've experienced this. And I just thought it was a normal, you know, part of my ride to school. The Not One More Girl initiative began when our youth researchers engaged young people, in particular girls of color across the area, to understand their needs. And so it really started by listening to girls and gender expansive youth. Um, These reports outline the dire need for safety in public spaces, in particular on public transportation. Um, And so we took that research and we did town halls and unpacked what the findings were and asked our community um, what they'd like to see in terms of solutions. And so we were able to develop a policy recommendation really driven by the community and presented that to multiple transit agencies in the Bay Area. 
Um, Bart was the first one and thus far the only one to um, go ahead and enthusiastically support it, including funding some parts of the initiative to move forward. Before the pandemic, I actually had just stopped uh, taking public transportation because of the constant uh, violence I would face as a trans woman. My full name is Santana Tapia. I live in San Francisco and I got to be a uh, part of the campaign, uh, be on the posters, which was really fun. I actually had a job that I really, really loved in Oakland, um, but it often involved leaving the office late. So it meant more harassment um, at night, which made it even scarier. So um, the lack of safe public transportation was really one of the reasons why I left that job. Was there anything that made you feel safer on BART at the time when you were taking it? I feel like as trans individuals, and especially with myself, you kind of learned how to try to stay safe on public transportation. And so for, for me, that meant traveling in groups, um, never having my music on too loud in my headphones, uh, never really being on my phone, just like always being present. So it was, it was like a checklist of things that you could do to get stay safe, um, but not to enjoy the butt ride, right? It was always stay right. vigilant, always stay ready. Not, not do the things that I, I feel like a lot of commuters do, which is kind of just zone out and, you know, listen to whatever. Yeah. The Not One More Girl campaign's work with BART was well underway at the beginning of 2020. But then the pandemic hit and BART ridership dropped to an all-time low. So the campaign was put on pause for a while. But Halima says the pandemic showed that safety was even more important because the people still riding transit were often essential workers, many of them young people. Now the campaign has picked back up and a number of the changes have already been made. One of the things that we did was putting together a comprehensive website page that I would encourage listeners to visit. It's bart.gov slash not one more girl. We have community options and community resources that are non-police um, for where folks can seek help. Um, we also filmed a three-minute bystander intervention training video that talks about how to intervene if you witness a sexual harassment. This is something that so many of our youth talked about um, experiencing in broad daylight in front of people and no one said or did anything. I know it can be scary to intervene, you know, when you see something like that happen. So we talk about how to do so in a way that is safe, in a way that is affirming, um, and some really easy steps that everyone can take. Offer options to the targeted person for how you can support them. You can offer things like, we can move to another car if you'd like, or we can get off at the next station and I can wait with you. Or if you'd like to report this to BART police, I'm happy to support you and be a witness in the report. Respect the person's wishes if they say no and they are okay. And how is that information being spread and, and are there people actually being trained on this at this time? 
Yes, so BAR has committed to making this video a mandatory video for all their staff, including their general manager, to watch. So this will certainly be something that all BARD employees will be privy to. And this is being shared on BARD social media. And we are asking, you know, in all of our media interviews for the public to watch this video and to get familiar with the four steps of bystander intervention. We also rolled out a series of um, art posters calling out sexual harassment that you may have seen on BART. And BART doubled down on this, literally. They put down 300 posters, which is double the typical number that they print for a campaign. And they rolled these out on all their trains. Um, and the goal was to create empowering narratives and really help shift the culture that has normalized violence against girls and gender expansive youth. Um, because we know it's not enough to change a policy, you know, it's not enough to change the system. We have to call out the culture that has normalized this behavior. Another big priority for the campaign is getting better information about harassment on BART. The agency has now updated its writer code of conduct and added a question about sexual harassment on its environment survey. Lima says this kind of data gathering is really important. We found that most transit agencies actually don't ask this question, and so they don't have data about what is happening on their own system. Um, mm. And so they're not able to address the issue in that way. Um, we also worked with the police chief to add a new BART watch reporting category that's titled unwanted verbal and nonverbal sexual harassment. Um, this is also not included in the penal code, so it's not against the law, but we wanted to make sure that writers knew they could report this and that BART wants to know so they can have this information and data and start tracking this issue um, and, and understand how to improve. Uh, Santana, when you think about these changes that Halim's been talking about, um, is, is there one in particular that you're really passionate about or you're glad that's there? I'm very proud of the work that's being done, especially about creating ways of holding folks accountable that doesn't involve the police, right? I think a lot of times as people of color, we don't have the same access to being tender and like access to also be socially aware. The machismo is very embedded, right? And um, I, I personally don't like to call the police when I know that at the end of the day, the police are only going to attack us. So I'm very proud of the other kinds of accountability that's been created. Halima, you mentioned this, um, and I know that having young people, having people who are in high school and middle school show up is a big part of this initiative. How essential was it for young people to be really involved and centered in this initiative from the beginning? Without young people, this initiative would not have happened, period. A lot of systems are uh, made with adults and usually cis white men in mind. We wanted to make sure that we were actually uplifting what safety looked like for girls and gender expansive youth. And I think for a lot of young people involved, for them to see, you know, Bart listen to them to sit with Alicia Trost, you know, the chief communications officer on a bi-weekly meeting and uh, made a huge difference for them. I think it built trust, you know, that I can trust the system, that I'm getting on this vessel, right, to get from point A to point B, and I can trust that it'll get me there safely. Santana, at the beginning, you said that you stopped taking public transit because of safety concerns. And 
uh, and that it was actually a relief to not have to do that. Do you think you'll get back on public transit anytime soon? Yeah. So one of the things that I do, I'm, a, I'm also a performer, a drag performer. Um, and one of the reasons I had stopped taking gigs in Oakland was because of safety, right? Um, but I find now there's there's a different kind of energy on BART um, that has led to me being not just open, but like excited to take part. What is that energy shift that you've experienced? Is it is it literally the campaign making you feel safer to ride? I know so. I know it's the campaign because it's not just around the energy that I feel. It's also the energy that my friends put out, right? We're not going on BART anymore and being like quiet and trying to like hide, but we're proud and we're unapologetic about who we are and not trying to like make ourselves smaller for safety, but making ourselves bigger for ourselves. And I think that has a lot to do with this campaign. And there's also this like warm feeling of knowing that even if something were to happen, there is ways to deal with it that won't end up causing more pain or more trauma. What would it mean to you to always feel safe on public transit? Like, how do you think that would change your everyday life? Like, if you could just get on BART or Muni or any other public transit and feel safe? Yeah, I think, uh, like, for me, it's already great. But I, I like to think of, like, my god sisters, right, who are going to start high school soon and who will, like, be taking public transportation. And I feel more confident now knowing that I don't have to be checking her location every like couple minutes to make sure she's okay or like text her every day to make sure she's okay. But instead I can just be like, have fun at school, see you after. Halima and Santana, thank you both so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. The Alliance for Girls has continued to study the impact of COVID-19 on girls and gender-expansive youth on public transit. A report is expected to come out in the next couple of weeks. BART is also planning to launch a second phase of the Not One More Girl campaign soon, so stay tuned. Thanks to Halima Barucha, Senior Advocacy Manager with Alliance for Girls, and Santana Tapia, who's also co-founder of Fluid, a trans-owned coffee and event space in the Tenderloin. We're going to be sharing some of the resources mentioned in this episode, like the bystander intervention video in today's show notes. So check those out. This episode of The Bay was produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montecilio. KQED's leadership team includes Jessica Placek, Kiana Mogadam, Erica Aguilar, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Tovin Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. The Bay is made by your local public media station, KQED. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it from us to you. Talk to you later. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.